0: Welcome to the Homestand Sports Podcast. I'm Albert Vartanian. On the pod today, I have Andrew Zuber, a.k.a. the Zubes, jumping on the show with me. We talked all things Toronto Blue Jays and previewed their massive series, the biggest one of the season so far against the Texas Rangers. It's a four-game set in Toronto. At the Rogers Center. And by the way, if you don't know the Zoobs, he's been covering the Jays for a long time. And it's completely tapped in to what's going on with that organization. So he's a great guy to have on the podcast today. He also hosts a really good podcast himself. It's called Less Than Jays. So make sure you go check that one out. Um, We get into the Jays' successful 15-game stretch in which they went 10-5. and Uh, why I think David Schneider and the rest of the Buffalo Cubs can be considered MVPs of the season. And yeah, I truly believe that. And how Toronto's been there, guys, can separate themselves from the rest of the pack. After that chat, Sean McCormick will join me to make sense of week one in the NFL and look ahead to tonight's Monday nighter between the Bills and the Jets. I love the Jets in this game for so many reasons. I mean, you got revived Rodgers, his bromance with Garrett Wilson, that bromance, should bring together one hell of a one-two punch the return of running back Brees hall and that backfield that now includes dalvin cook lots to like about new york plus the game is happening on september 11th in new york the jets will have a whole pre-game thing honoring the victims and families it'll definitely be an emotional night no doubt and i think the jets will really feed off that especially their head coach robert sala who has ties to the tragic events of 9-11. I shared that story with Sean during our conversation, so stay tuned for that. I'm Albert Vartanian, and you're listening to the Homestand Sports Podcast.
1: And there he is, the Zoobs. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm feeling feeling good. The most wonderful time of the year is upon us, finally.
0: It really is. And it's because it's September baseball and the vibes are good around the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is why I wanted to bring you on. Obviously, we'll talk about, you know, the biggest series of the season coming up against the Texas Rangers. Maybe the biggest series since uh, the Seattle series?
1: Oh, yeah. No question. No, this is it. This is the season in four games. This is it.
0: And listen, that that 15 game stretch uh, didn't start off so hot against the Guardians and people were thinking, I don't know, man. I mean, they got to be playing better against these teams. They end up finishing 10 and 5, softest stretch of the schedule. Kevin Kiermaier saying, uh he loves where the Blue Jays are at right
1: now. Do you agree with Kiermaier? Are you on the same page? Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. When you look at the I mean, listen, it's been Six months. It's been 140 games. We know who they are. And I think if you're looking for positivity, if you're looking to be on Kevin Kiermaier's level, there's plenty of reason to do that. I sort of, you're able to divide things into big picture, small picture. And the big picture is that the over the long term things is they pitch very well, they defend very well, and they, they run the bases okay. Yeah. Um, the thing they aren't doing well is was was timely hitting right and that's one thing that isn't a big picture thing that isn't a over the long term sort of thing as evidence that you pick any series one day they're uh you know five for six with runners in scoring position one day they're very low they had a long stretch of bad luck in that situation but if the only thing they need to do better is situational hitting, that is the one, if you had to pick one, that's the one thing that isn't really informed by a large sample size. So if you're looking for optimism, I think you have plenty to pick from right now if you're a Blue Jays fan.
0: Now listen, I get it. You know, they're playing a lot of bad teams during that stretch. And I hear some Jays sure. fans uh, even unhappy with, with the 10 and 5 and 15 games, expecting, you know, just non-stop sweeps, which just doesn't happen. I mean, that sweep against the Royals was the first one dating back to when uh, Babe Schneider went off against the Red Sox, right? It's been a while yes. since they've done that. I think, you know, 10-5 and five in a 15-game run at this part of the season I think shows a lot of character in this Blue Jays team.
1: The dirty secret is they're all bad teams. Like <laughs> There's like two good teams in all of baseball. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, no, you, your point is made. I mean... Uh, The Jays haven't had like a seven game winning streak at any point this season and the Oakland A's have. Baseball Mm. is very strange. There's a lot of games. A lot of things happen. There's basically no rhyme or reason. Remember the beginning of the year, the Pittsburgh Pirates were like 22 and five to start the season. These things happen. Bad teams play well. Good teams play poorly. That's why they play every day for seven months in a row.
0: You remember when the Texas Rangers are really good and the best offense in baseball pretty much. And now they're not, they're not that at all. Things do change. Uh, There's so many things I want to touch on. Almost. I want to go with some individual players. Kevin Kiermaier, 33 years old, uh, heading out of nine hole is, you know, the guy has been so good. Hits a big home run, uh, cuts a promo yesterday in front of Jays fans. I think he's been everything the Jays wanted. And then some, he's kind of having a, you know, a career-ish type of year as well. I mean, When I look at this Jays team now, him included, they have a lot more, I would say, like been there guys, you know, him, Springer, you know, Brandon Belt, which is huge around this time. But being able to get that type of bat from, you know, down in the order, plus the defense of one of the best outfielders in the league. I mean, it's been such a such a fantastic signing by the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: I remember early in the year uh, coming on this very show, and, and he was off to such a hot start, and it was mm-hmm. like, are fans going to stick around if right. he doesn't hit this well the whole year? And I think his value, and we have seen it play out over the course of the year, his value isn't so much even in the hitting, it's that he contributes to games even when he's not hitting. He, mm-hmm. he is a positive guy even when he's not hitting 300, and that is, that is sort of borne out over the course of the year. He had some cold spells, but anytime a fly ball is hit to center field, it's going to get caught, if, unless it's over the fence, there's no hold your breath, the ball got hit to right center. There's no, oh, that's hitting the gap, they're in trouble. Uh, they've had Varsho as well has been like the best defensive outfielder in the league, in a league where Kevin Kiermeyer isn't playing center field, and they have both of those guys. So, yeah, I agree totally. And in terms of the been there, done that, guys... I think when you have Vladdy and Bo as your core pieces, there's sort of this idea that they're a young team, when in reality, as you mentioned, they're sort of not, right? It's, you have Belt, you have Kiermaier, you have all the pitching staff, all the key pitchers are 30 and over. You have Springer, you have I mean Chapman, for lack of a better sort of guy to point out. There's a lot of veteran guys on this team that have been down this road uh, more than one time. So again, if you're looking for positivity, some key members of this team really do know what it takes to get it done this time of year and they're guys who that skill set is uh what they're bringing forward.
0: If there's one guy in this Blue Jays uh let's go in the Blue Jays lineup that you absolutely cannot replace at this time in the season, who would that be?
1: I mean, I think it's probably still Bob Bichette. We saw, like, they they pieced it together when he was out. They got it done with Ernie Clement, and they got it done with The Babe, and they got it done yeah. with Spencer Horowitz. You don't want to have to be doing that. And I think and they were very cautious with him this weekend. He had days off, and he's going to DH, and they are, they are going to get him right up to the toes on the line as to what he can do for them. But you see you know when he is cooking when he is going it makes it a little bit easier on everybody else and you get a chance for those buffalo guys to make an impact in the bottom part of the lineup so i really do think it is Bo. you know we spent so much of this year the complaint was like yeah they're playing great defensively but they can't hit at all and then when Bo was out when chapman was out that left side of the infield they were very clearly sacrificing defense for offense and it worked but you don't want to have to walk that razor wire when the games are as high strung and as important as they are. So I really do think it is Bichette uh, right now. He is the engine. He is the guy that makes it all go. And he is when you need a good at bat, when you need a guy in a big spot, uh, he's the dude you're turning to.
0: This might be an overreaction, a hot take for sure. But I think you can make the case that the Buffalo boys have been the MVPs of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays because they had to survive <laughs> some serious injuries. I, you know what I mean? Listen, maybe that just sure. goes. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it's just David Schneider. Maybe it's not even Ernie Clement and Spencer Horowitz, who've, who've been pretty good, but David Schneider's been fantastic. The Jays could have, they, they really could have folded, you know, losing Bichette, uh, Chapman, and now Danny Jansen, and they didn't, and they're in a wild-card spot, gaming up, game and a half up on the Texas Rangers, and a chance to uh, really solidify their spot in this series against Texas, and a lot of that falls on, I think, those Buffalo players for coming in and doing
1: a job. It's so funny. I mean, I mean, I think I do agree with you in, in, in a way in that, like, you know, they didn't build them up to get them to the place they were, mm. They were, but as you said, when they stepped into the lineup, that was a really pivotal stretch where they could have fallen out. They could have been two games back. There's a lot of things that could have happened, and they ended up, you know, pulling it off. And, and a thing that myself and a lot of other Blue Jays fans harped on for a lot of this year when things weren't going well, it was where's the depth? They have no fourth outfielder. They have no mm. bench bats. And then it turns out they do. They have a, a lot of guys that are not like – David Schneider is a non-prospect he was a he was a maybe 17th in the Jays system alone uh, which is a bottom third of the league system Spencer Horowitz a guy that has the hit tool but is he really going to make the leap up Ernie Clement is a 27 year old uh, guy that has never had a full-time position in the in the major league these are guys that You know you don't build your prospect system rankings out of but they can contribute and they can do uh specific things maybe they're not the most complete players in the way that you want your major league everyday guys to be but you're absolutely right I mean they needed a boost they needed exactly what they got out of those guys and it could not have come at a more opportune time and is again reason for optimism because a, a couple of them are gonna stick around no matter who who gets back healthy
0: yeah and you listen if Bichette goes down you just assume that this lineup is gonna falter and it, it should not sure. be that it shouldn't be that way based on some of the players that they do have which you know I want to talk about George Springer but let's go towards you know Vladdy Guerrero Um Maybe one of the most frustrating Blue Jay players for, for Jays fans right now and everyone calling calling for his head at certain times. I mean, he's hitting the ball a lot better. He's hitting it hard. He, he's obviously, obviously an elite player in baseball. But where are you at with, with Vladdy and the Blue Jays right now?
1: Some positive signs. I mean, it it was one of those puzzles where you saw a dozen different people offering up a dozen different problems. Ultimately, it come down to two things. He wasn't hitting the fastball the way that he was previously, and pitch selection. We saw it in the last week, some truly brutal swings, some truly brutal pitch selection. But when he's locked in, when he's punishing fastball, he's a great hitter. It sort of is just that simple, and you don't want to reduce it so much to, like, there was huge stretches this year where if they had 2021 vlad they probably win a bunch of games but they were in a lot of tight games they were in a lot of games where one hit would have made a difference and he ended up hitting into a lot of double plays and having a lot of struggles i think you know famously in the last couple weeks he had the 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 call out for not hustling out doubles for not hustling out uh ground balls and i think similar to what we saw in the past with like a teoscar hernandez sometimes these guys do need that little hey you're our guy. You're our what you, you need to be the dude that, that leads this. If we're winning, it's because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is playing well. And I think, you know, he can get a little carried away in, in trying to almost do too much and trying to hit everything and trying to be a little bit like his father and hit the ball off the top of his shoe over the fence. Uh, you know, his strength is in it, great pitch selection and really controlling the zone and really punishing mistakes. And he get getting back to that. It can just be that simple. You don't really need him to do everything. You just need him to do a little bit of damage. And I think he is capable of that. Uh, I think, you know, it, it mostly seems like it's a mental thing versus a versus a physical thing because the ball is still coming off the bat very hard. He's still hitting it, um, you know, consistently with tons of exit below. He just needs to make sure he's hitting the right pitches. And, and when he does get the right pitches doing the damage there's been, there's been a few too many, real cookie fastballs that get grounded out to second base so so turning that around I think um is really a key to success
0: yeah every time I see him swing at something out of the zone I think of that A&W commercial with him and his dad where his dad's like I'd hit that (laughs) and the ball bounces in front of the plate I'm like I wonder if he actually thinks that way like I gotta hit everything like my dad does that's such a great point that I never thought of it'd be hard not to man it'd be hard not to I love Vladdy okay on to George Springer I mean yesterday Kevin Kiermaier said um in his post-game interviews he goes some guys just love playing around this time George Springer said the exact same thing and I feel like George Springer is that guy he tends to turn it up I was going over some of his stats and over the last 30 he's been phenomenal you know hitting over 300 home runs stealing bases he's doing everything that the Jays need him to do World Series guy as we know um I pose that question to you who who, who do you not take out of the lineup and who would hurt the lineup the most and it, you can't argue with Bichette but I think Springer is right there
1: yeah, I remember last year around this time, sort of the, the the same conversation. Who's the most important Blue Jay? And I argued strongly that it was Springer, that that yeah. top of the lineup presence. That he was playing center field at the time. That guy was sort of the real table setter and the, and the guy that really gets it going. You're absolutely right. Um, throughout the month of August into the beginning of September, he has been the George Springer that signed the big contract. He has been the guy uh, that they need him to be and want him to be. And you know, this happens three years in a row now with this team, a little bit of a reminder that like June and July, not that they're not important, but they're not that important. Mm -hmm. You can sort of, you can sort of cruise a little bit. We, I think as fans, we get a little bit like we are watching every single game so intently that every little, every mistake, every slow run, every slump um, feels a little pronounced. They should be better than they are. That is not, that's not wrong. But I think George is a great example of a guy of like, let's not judge the 2023 season until he's done his season. And he's, uh, he stayed healthy. He's battled through a lot. He's, he's made some great plays in the outfield. And it looks like the bat's coming around. And, and in terms of guys that you would pick to have hot Septembers and Octobers, George Springer is right there at the top of the list. It makes a huge difference, especially if he's leading off. And especially if you have Bichette back. And especially if Vlad is a shell of himself. Boy, that's a recipe for some trouble.
0: It really is, and they need Springer and Bichette and Vladdy. I, they need the most of them in this series coming up against the Texas Rangers, who uh, are struggling. Listen, they won their last two against Oakland, lost 16 of their last 22 since mid-August. Starting pitching uh, isn't great. I mean, the, the pitchers have come out, so the Jays are going to see Dunning, Scherzer, Montgomery, and Ivaldi. Scherzer's coming off maybe one of the worst starts uh, this season, maybe in his career. Evaldi, um seems to be on some sort of, a pitch count at the moment he can't get past two and a half innings or at least three innings Um, it's strange I mean I would give the edge in starting rotations to the Toronto Blue Jays but if there's ever a time for the Rangers to turn it around with the players that they have specifically in that rotation it's probably right now
1: sure absolutely and Marcus Simeon has been red hot in the second half he's been really 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 good it's, it's of course, right? It, the Rangers are, not only are they the classic um, rebutted rivalry, but there is a bunch of guys that are sort of a bit of a lesson, right? The, the fans wanted the Jays to go out and get a bunch of these guys. You load up at the deadline, you go get pitching, you go get Jordan Montgomery, you yeah. go get Max Scherzer, you got uh, Grossman in the offseason, you re-signed uh, Simeon to the big contract. There's all these things that are, are, are little crossroads with the Jays, and you're sort of looking at it, and you go, well, other than Simeon and Seeger most of this is, is probably fine i mean you know you use you say kikuchi as your sort of barrier is how many of these guys have worse numbers than kikuchi and the answer is pretty much all of them uh sort of they, they've they've done a good job in that way yeah it, it it's gonna be a, a matter of which one of these teams either turns around or stays in the, on the course they have been on the jays hitting has been pretty darn hot in the last little bit that 15 game stretch they scored more than five runs a ton of times during that again it's bad pitching but again a lot of pitchers are bad, and that just sort of is the is the way that it goes. So there's reason for optimism. There's reason for caution. There's reason for pessimism. It's going to be a really good series, and this is, I mean, this is October baseball being played in September. It's it's pretty sick, and 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 a, a win in this series is more or less um, locking up a spot.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's what the Jays. I feel like need to think heading into this series. They can bury the Rangers here. Completely knock them out and pretty much solidify their spot um, in the playoffs. So your ex, your true expectations for this series? Do you see a split? Do you see a sweep? Either way, or are the Jays going to take care of business here?
1: It's so tough. This is yeah, one of those ones where, at you know, in the afternoon, it's very easy to see, and then where it's the first <laughs> inning and, they, and there's runners on, and you're like, oh no, are they going to do this thing where they don't score at all for two for three games? Uh, I think conservatively calling this calling this a, a three one. Uh, split for the Jays I think is a big victory that probably gets their their percentage of playoff uh, over 90% because of course um, basically right it, it, it's two of Seattle Texas and Toronto are going to the playoffs and Seattle and Texas play each other six times in their last nine games so if they can if they can knock one of those two teams out of this, that's a great opportunity to do it. I think three of four against Texas with the way that both of these teams are playing, with it being in Toronto, with the history between these two teams, uh, I think I like the Blue Jays here to, to walk out of this. And, and, and really, those guys that you mentioned, those been there before guys, the key members of the lineup, I think this is time to uh, really show what they're made of.
0: Absolutely. And listen, the Jays, uh, they just came, came off an important stretch, but they're going into another one. I mean, to the end of the season, it's no cakewalk. You have got six against Tampa, obviously four against Texas, three against Boston, and then six against the Yankees. And uh, the Yankees are such a strange team, a team that gets no hit until what the 10th inning and ends up winning the game (laughs) against the Brewers. But the Jays have struggled against the AL East. You know, I don't want to look too far past this Rangers series, but there's some serious, serious baseball that's ahead of them past that series
1: and the tampa the tampa you mentioned it it is sneaky important because that is almost certainly going to be the playoff matchup if they get in right. if they get in the playoffs they're probably going to be WC2 WC2 is two or three games in Tropicana Field nobody likes that nobody wants to do that but that's life um so it'll be very instructive to see you know how that shapes up what tampa does if they go with you know tampa's so notoriously sneaky are they going to give them the look of what the lineups will look like who the pitchers will be the jays are going to have to win uh, a lot of games down the stretch here. They're not going to have the luxury of sort of um, playing possum or being strategic about it. So, yeah, you're, you're right. There's a lot of important games left. Um, taking care of business against a limping Yankees team would be very important as well. But it all does start uh, this beginning of this week with Texas for sure.
0: Yes, it starts with the Rangers. I can't wait for the series starts tonight, Monday, uh, September 11th. Looking forward to that. Are you going to any of the games?
1: I'm I'm stuck uh on fathering duty, but I will be I'll be uh, locked in on the coach. You can guarantee that.
0: Yeah, I bet. Zoobs, you're the best, man. Thank you for doing this.
1: Al, anytime, brother.
0: All right, welcome back. Uh, big shout-out to Andrew Zuber, a.k.a. the Zoops, for coming on, talking Blue Jays. Love that guy. Uh, he'll be on uh, more often, definitely, especially especially if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, which uh, we both think that they should. Sean McCormick, who now joins me, uh, I'm not sure if he feels the exact same way. We're not really going to get into baseball. Okay. But this massive series against the Rangers, Oof. me and Zoops compared it to maybe the biggest series since the Mariners series yeah. in the wild card last year. Do they Do they take it down? Do they... Essentially, winning this series, yeah. you bury the Texas Rangers, and you almost lock up a spot in the wild card. It pretty
2: much ensures you uh, like a spot It's like 90%, I think, right? Yeah, if they really bury them.
0: Or, yeah, yeah, where's I, your I, head
2: at? I'm feeling good. Oh. I, I feel like the, the offense is still a little lackluster a bit, but uh, they're catching the Rangers at the right time. I think that's, that's the, the important part. And I know you, you're worried a little hmm. bit about that, but we'll see. It's a, it's a four-game series, and I, I think they at least split. They at least split. the, the Jays' pitching staff has been so good. So they'll,
0: sp- they'll split it at least. Guaranteed. Yeah. Lock. Yeah. Oh, don't, Please don't do that. Please. We're going to get into locks <laughs> and what we talked about on Friday on our NFL show uh, here at the Homestand Podcast. Okay, so you had the 49ers minus 2.5, which was – that was your lock pick. Congratulations. That was nice and they, easy. They come out um, and look like maybe the best team in football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Poor Steelers. No, I mean, there's a few teams that I think
2: that were – like, you know, uh, public teams that were getting a lot of backing that I just was like, why? Like, I like the Steelers. I think their defense is fantastic, but they're not on the level of the 49ers, man. Not a chance. And, like, Kenneth Kenneth Pick- Pickwell <laughs> throwing picks? No, <laughs> Kenneth Kenny, Kenny, Pickwell. Kenny, Kenny Pickett it was was not good yesterday either. And, uh, yeah, I think the Steelers will bounce back. They'll be fine. Like an average team in the NFL, maybe Probably. a fringe playoff team, but not maybe not in that AFC. The AFC is so crazy. Uh, but the forty nines are just so good, man, so good. And, and, and it's a testament to them. Like, they were so close to making a deep run in the playoffs last year with nobody at quarterback, playing Christian McCaffrey in the Wildcat.
1: That's right. When
2: when everybody got hurt, so I think Purdy's healthy. He looked good yesterday. He looked fine. You know, not again, not elite, but somebody that can game manage that team and do well. And I I think that like the 49ers, to me, again, I said it on Friday show, uh, definitely, I think make the NFC Championship this year.
0: Well, that was the only true question mark, right? Was Brock Purdy, and what what the hell is this guy going to do, Mister Irrelevant? Can he recapture what he did in the playoffs? How's that elbow doing? And he answered all the questions. Everything is fine, and he's going to be able to lead this team.
2: Well, again, the the elbow in the the, the NFL for a quarterback, you don't you really. Use the elbow. It's in more of the shoulder to do the throwing motion, right? So. Um, I wasn't too concerned. Obviously, you, you don't know how an arm is going to react to certain things, and but I wasn't too concerned about it coming back. It just he just needed time off the heal So yeah, he's uh, the man.
0: Listen, that team's fantastic. Bosa looks great. McCaffrey with one of the plays maybe of the weekend. Ayuk was unstoppable. Yeah, literally unstoppable. Making some blocks down the um, field too. Yeah. So that's enough praise for your pick. Yeah, <laughs> your you. winning <laughs> pick. Well, we got to talk about your Titans money line pick. That was the the gut feeling it was pick, close. right? I have a feeling this team might win. You win with Titans and. Maybe the worst quarterbacking performance of the weekend goes to your boy, Ryan Ooh. Tannehill.
2: There's a few of those. Too. Holy smokes. A few of those. Uh, yeah, uh, that he was bad. He was bad, and there's not much that the Titans can do right now. Malik Willis, not a lot of uh, quarterback no. experience. Will Levis was uh, the emergency uh, quarterback for them. He wasn't even, like, technically active, so they don't really believe in him either, which is sad because they just drafted him. So, uh, But, yeah, Tannehill Tan was bad. The worst for me was the O-line. Like, I think they allowed three sacks, and they were only pressured, like, 7.5% of the time or something. So, like, they weren't even getting – it was just, like, constantly, like – pressure but like not not like deep pressure but just like the o-line couldn't handle the the lack of pressure that the Saints were bringing and they still got to Tannehill three times he threw three picks he looked terrible uh, DeAndre Hopkins looked looked good when Tannehill could find him uh, I think seven catches for sixty five mm-hmm. yards I was okay with the pick I mean they covered I just was a little too ballsy and went with, went with yeah. the money line take the spread you know me I right. man I I always push that little extra yeah. step that little extra step uh, and it cost I enjoyed
0: me. that game it was really physical I mean that was an f- old school football game Saints win that sixteen to fifteen I thought Derek Carr looked pretty good three oh five a touchdown Interception. I mean, listen, for first game with the Saints, uh, I think the Saints are going to be okay. My One of my locks, uh, we'll get into it, is a Monday Nighter, obviously, the Jets, yeah. and we'll get into that. But my other pick, which was the I Have a Feeling pick, mm-hmm. Patriots plus four <laughs> against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Really close. Listen, I thought they were playing pretty well. Brady comes out at halftime, does his speech, starts running up and down the field. He's doing like the hoo-ha. Yeah. He's got his jersey on. I'm like, this is perfect. They're going to bounce back. They Whatever, they come back. They go to they go for the two point conversion yeah. to make it a three point game gets called back that would have been the cover four points <laughs> what a heartbreaker how awful did
2: did Brady look as like just like his appearance he's looking gaunt man he's looking he's well, looking I mean, unhealthy the hair looks great oh well but yeah. he
0: looks like he's losing too much weight yeah, he, he looks really thin. Yeah, so better, I don't know if that's just him trying to lose some weight. He's got to do like down, what a lot of
2: former athletes do once they're, they're done get with fat. Time. No, no. Well, either get fat or get on the roids, man. <laughs> why would Why
0: would he get on the side? Because
2: just to look, keep up appearances. You know, a lot of people like to, you know, look. That's funny you thought side. that. I, I
0: thought he looked a little rough too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Man. Well, who knows what happened the night before? No, hey, hey. I mean, Listen, I'm... he's hanging out with Bob Kraft. He's back some Fox bro He doesn't pay for a drink. Yeah, yeah. In Boston. Yeah. So who knows what went down? But he had his kid there. Maybe he didn't get too crazy. How many times do you think him and Bob Kraft, Kraft kissed? <laughs> oh my God! Did you see that? It was like <laughs> I don't know, like a mafia or something. Like he's talking to the Godfather, oh, kiss on the get, cheek, kiss on the cheek I here and get there. That out, man. Oh that. my God! Yeah, There's he, a lot of love there between yeah. him and Bobby well, Kraft. There
2: should be. There's a lot of rings there. Well,
0: I thought, listen, Brady's going to be in the building. They're going to at least cover, which they almost did. I, I have a bunch of uh, friends who are Eagles fans, mm-hmm. and they're upset today. It was, a, it was, a, they won, yeah. but they're disappointing. They were up they're disappointing nothing, how they won,
2: right? And, I, and uh, I had a money line parlay with the of Eagles. Of course you did. And in the, the book that I bet at, you get a cash out after, when they're up 17 points. So I was like, come on, man, just cash it out. Yeah. So it was a lot closer than I would have liked it to be. But you know me, I don't cash out early. You can't.
0: Well, you got to look at those in sports books. Uh, the Thursday nighter, I bet the Lions money line yeah. because it was on DraftKings. Yeah. Once the team goes up seven points, you win your bet. I'm like, this is beautiful. Plus money. Yeah. And, it hit, so.
2: and again, I think the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones, eh, you know, not bad. But their defense is fantastic. Again, holding the, the Eagles uh, yeah. to 25 points as a team. And again, I think the, one of those was a defensive score by Darius Slay, right? right. So, um, and again, it's sort of like an overreaction from your friends, probably. And again, we'll get into overreactions, underreactions, all that stuff. But like, man, like the Eagles will be fine. And I think the again the Patriots are only two point dogs this week against yeah. the Dolphins, who looked pretty solid. Well, it
0: must be nice to be upset when your team wins. I mean, just talk to Bengals, and just, Bengals just, it's fans. Super Bowl hangover too, right? How about the Bengals? Just put up three points against uh, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Browns defense and O line look really good. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson, uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh not good. And I think, I think he that's can get a, there. I don't know. No, I was
2: think again. You're the the, the Bengals defense is all right. You know, like uh, I think like top 10 in the league something like that yeah um so not elite but good and um it was just he he's under throwing everything his his depth of target we talked about last week like dropped like two yards from when he was at uh, with the houston texans to when he's at the browns and just you know like these guys like deshaun watson daniel jones kenny pickett like again deshaun watson looked like he was elite elite like a few years ago but now like you're lumping him in with these guys that are up-and-comers and guys that you know throw for 170 yards a game it's, just, it's not good and I think I have some worries like uh, to have a Browns team that's that good on the defensive line a pretty good offensive line and a very good running back and you're you could be pissing away with uh Deshaun Watson back there but yeah. you can't do anything similar to the Broncos you locked him into this long contract guaranteed money 290 million million <laughs> seven seven years or whatever it is you're just sort of stuck with them. So you got to hope that he can, you know, manage. And it I was think good.
0: he'll be. Listen, it's week one. You're going to get horrible quarterback play, considering a lot yeah. of these QBs don't even really play in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, look what happened. You see Kenny Pickett, who was the darling of preseason, sure, and has a horrible game. Right, yeah, it you're, happens. Yeah, you're playing backups there, but yeah. Um, listen, yeah, if Deshaun Watson makes more of those throws it, instead of twenty-four to three, it's forty to three. Oh 100%. That, and, that's how lopsided that game was.
2: And I'm I try not I just like to say I, I try not to preach overreaction especially in week 1. And like <laughs> uh, you don't really get a true sample of these these teams until like a few weeks in, 3 4 weeks probably. And then like you start to see um what they are. Like the Bengals started 0 and 2 last year and it, like people were starting to write them off. Right. I'm not worried about it. The, you know the Bengals bad weather game against a team that uh, Joe Burrow just can't seem to beat like we talked about on Friday as well. One and four. And uh, now we are now one and five, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just like not not a good performance. And, you know, he could still be dealing with a calf injury too. And, and that D line pressured him a lot. I think the Bengals will be just fine and, and competing for the AFC title as well, if not a Super Bowl. So.
0: Um, some of the week one betting trends favorites go seven and eight against the spread, nine and six straight up. Dogs, obviously, eight and seven against the spread. The unders, Sean. The unders, 11 and four. Interesting. I know, and you're an under guy. Um, I I would I'd say yes more than
2: over guy, just because I tend to fade the public, and the public likes to see those overs uh,
0: happen, right? Um, because who the hell wants to cheer for an That's why.
2: You know me. I like. To, I'm against. I'm a contrarian guy. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't on any totals yesterday. To be honest, I was on a few spreads, a few money lines. I didn't really touch too many totals. Um, yeah, I like a total for tonight's game. Uh, we'll get into that later, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting trend and something that to monitor. But I don't, I don't know if it'll happen. It just like it takes some times for the offenses to get in sync again. A lot of new quarterbacks, some new wide receivers come in. Um, defenses were were pretty good yesterday. Some bad weather yesterday as well. So, so a lot of things that would tend. Uh, track to the under, but uh, I'm not worried about that as a long term trend either.
0: Okay, before we get into the Monday night our Monday night preview and who we like, you obviously know who I like already. It's the New York Jets. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any props or anything, do you? Uh you got a yeah, parlay?
2: I've got i I've got Okay, so we'll parlay. hang on for Sean's yeah, yeah, yeah. parlay. Let's
0: go through <laughs> let's go through some of my reactions. Yeah. And you dubbed them an overreaction or appropriate or whatever you want to say. Okay. So let's start. Tyreek Hill is still the guy and will hit 2,000 receiving. Let's Damn. not forget he uh, had 11 catches for 215 with three touchdowns yesterday against the Chargers, uh, which was a fantastic game, by the way. Maybe the game of the weekend so far. Uh, I would say
2: you're bang on. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's an over or an underreaction. I think that he could definitely flirt with 2,000 yards. Will he get that threshold? Uh, for the sake of me making a decision, I will say yes, because sometimes I come on here and be like, uh, I don't know, flip-flop, flip Yeah, flop. no flip-flop. But, but I'm saying def- – I think he'll get to 2,000 yards. Again, this is a hell of a pace you're on now, but uh, he looked so good, man. Just flip it downfield. Oh. Whether he's doing the slants or really he's going on the go route, like he just looked really good yesterday. Tua, whew. Tua, man, he could be MVP if he if he can stay healthy. And, again, I think he was tracking – he was in the conversation last year to be MVP before he got hurt. Uh Man, he looked good. He looked good yesterday, uh, and it helps to have those stud-wide receivers with Waddle and Hill. So I'm going to say, yes,
0: Hill makes 2,000 yards. Uh, Interesting you say that. My next take, reaction. Tua for MVP. Oh, okay. (laughs) We didn't talk about these. Listen, when you pass for 466 yards, three touchdowns, you look that good... Your O line protect. They didn't touch him yesterday. Yeah. The Chargers didn't touch him, and they got a good defense. If they don't touch, if he doesn't get touched, and he's not getting sacked, and there's yeah. obviously he's gonna get hit at some point in the season. Yeah. It just depends whether or not it's gonna be a concussion if he's gonna be out. Hopefully not. And with anything that you talk about when it comes to MVP or mm-hmm. how well teams do, it comes down to if this team stays healthy, if this player stays healthy. So yeah. I without throw away those ifs. Yep. Based on what we saw yesterday against the Chargers in that fantastic performance with Tyreek Hill four hundred sixty six yards three touchdowns his demeanor the way that he played uh, how he dragged the team back to win that game yeah that's an MVP performance
2: yeah uh, again I don't like agreeing with you normally but <laughs> I'm gonna agree with that too okay. I think he definitely has what it takes to be MVP the they have the pieces in place they have a they have a decent enough run game yeah to set up play action they have uh, good receivers that can, again, stretch the field both vertically and horizontally. You've got, you know, reliable hands, too. It doesn't just – like, you have to catch the ball. He's got one of the best deep balls in the game, so he that that can catch you yards. Just, you know, again, like Tyreek Hill had uh, a, a couple of big gains there for over 30 or 40 yards. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. yak? But um, – and then you've got Mike McDaniel, too, man. Like, uh, great, seemingly great offensive mind, right? Comes from the Kyle Shanahan system. Uh, really loved what he did there at the end of the first half. They had nine seconds left yeah. in the first half. And they they received the ball. So they're on their own 25. And he decides to do a couple plays. Why not? And then stupid JC Jackson commits pass interference and allows the, the Dolphins to set up and, and kick a field goal, which is a, just a bonehead play by by the defender. But, like that's the kind of mentality like that you need uh, to win football games a which can help you get MVP votes if you, Mm -hmm. you know your team is you know winning the conference winning your division that definitely helps and then like it can lead to you know more points more touchdowns more yards and uh, yeah, two has got all the great skill set. It just depends on if he can stay healthy. So I'm gonna agree with
0: you on that one too. And how are you feeling if you're at home and you're Patrick Mahomes and you're watching football because you know he's watching football. Oh yeah, and he's watching he Tyree Kill and he's like he's having yeah. flashbacks of Kadarius Tony dropping yeah. those balls and Kelsey on the sideline. Even after
2: like the all the games yesterday, like like I I did like my top three uh, surprises and letdowns and lowlights highlights, and he was like my bottom third low light, just like. Him, Tony, not being able to catch the ball. Like after all that football, he was still like stuck out to me as
0: something that really disappointed me about
2: week one. And uh,
0: well, yeah. it was it's a lone game on Thursday night, all eyes on it. It's it's easy yeah. to not forget what and, happened. And, and again, no, not to make an overreaction
2: out of it because again, you can't. But like, I think the Chiefs will be just fine. Tony will be okay yeah, if if fine. as long as he get those chances. Again, what, Kelsey will draw defenders away, so he'll be a bit more open. Uh, And he'll secure some catches. I'm not worried about Tony. Again, somebody that needs to stay healthy. That guy's injured all the time, too. All
0: the time, which is a big problem. Okay, my next one. We kind of touched on it already, but the 49ers are the best team in football.
2: Ooh. That's
0: tough. Uh... Okay, so the only thing that was holding them back for being the best team in football, yeah. I mean, not just to me, but to a lot of people, is the football, or the football, the quarterback <laughs> position, the guy who throws the, the football. football. Thrower. Yeah, the football <laughs> thrower, Brock Purdy. Like, what the hell is Brock Purdy? Yeah. Like, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, the last pick in the draft. Like, how can all the rest of the teams be wrong but the 49ers be right? Man. And they may just be right. Like, who else has Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa? That's uh, George Kittle. George Kittle wasn't even a factor against the Steelers. No. And they blew them away. Yeah, he's George lot, was, too, what, could cut you off, but yeah. you know a lot of people are saying hey, the Cowboys look pretty good. But yeah. that performance was great. I think one that's kind of my next take that we'll get into. But the 49ers just there's a the full package. Yeah. If you know those three or four players are playing week in and week out, they're gonna they're gonna win more games than they lose, most yeah. definitely. Uh, slight disagree. Oh very slight. Uh
2: I do think they're a top three team, probably number two on my power rankings that don't exist. Who's but one? Uh the Chiefs Chiefs, Chiefs. Just somebody that a team that just does it every year and is done it consistently. Mahomes did it last year on a one leg essentially, you know, um, the healthy Kelsey. you yeah, you, uh, that's again, an asterisk and they need to settle this Chris Jones thing stat too. That's true. You can't have and again, I want to say obviously Mahomes is your best player, but you can't have your best second best offensive player and your best defensive player out for a prolonged period of time and still be successful i do think that the chiefs will be fine uh i like them to beat the jaguars this week but as long as kelsey comes back um but yeah you're right the the 49ers are, are real solid on on all sides of the ball uh great uh coach too in shanahan um yeah you, you i wouldn't again slight disagree but that's only because
0: we've seen the chiefs do it so often yeah, that's a big problem. Um, the Chiefs, I think they really do have issues over there. So we'll see, we'll oh, see what okay. happens. Oh, okay, all right. I don't want to get into that conversation. Yeah. It's too early. That's too it's early. Too early. It really is too early for yeah. that conversation. Uh, the next one and the final one. The Cowboys, 40 to nothing win, tells us nothing uh, about the Cowboys outside of Micah Parsons' his defense defensive God. Disagree. Uh,
2: again, I think the Cowboys are in that same kind of – Echelon as the the Chiefs and the 49ers for me this year. I think they're a top five team. I think, uh, you know, giving Tony Pollard the bulk of the running back work, uh, that defense is a top three unit was, I think it was last year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Dax got another weapon in Brandon Cooks. Uh, new tight end there and, and Jake Ferguson. Uh, again, Michael Gallup is a three. Like, that. that's just a good problem to have. <laughs> so, Uh, It tells you a lot again because again the Giants were a a playoff team last year and people were still sort of high on them this year. I wasn't again the NFC so weak. I don't think the Giants are a bad team. Um, I think you get off to a rough start there you know a block kick for a touchdown interception for a touchdown a couple field goals and you're looking at the scoreboard and you're like how are we down 19 nothing. And 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 it just snowballs the game from was there, done right? done so fast. But like you know, Daniel Jones, what he finish with? hundred and four yards passing, or it something. He was a non-factor. Like Not, and then they brought in Tyrod Taylor at the end of the game, whatever. But like, in a blowout like that, you at least gotta like show up a little bit, you know? Get get some points, get some dignity. Yeah. And you know, I that'll be Brian Dable's probably the worst coaching. Experience he's had so far, and it just we'll see how they rebound. But yeah, no, it tells me a lot about this Dallas Cowboys team that comes in there, wins a tough divisional game on the road, and just destroys them. And it it tells you a lot about the Giants too. Again, I think they overachieved last year. The Vikings, I think, overachieved last year and they got beat by the Buccaneers, right? So there's again, there's some uh, some teams that people seem to love that I'm not fully on board with and we'll see how, you know, how I didn't predict the Buccaneers to be the Vikings, but like the Vikings to me are a bit soft. The Giants are a bit soft. Um, I don't know what the Titans were doing yesterday, but they got to figure that out Um, because again, I I picked them to win that division um, and that's still wide open to me, but there's a lot of teams there that I think just need to prove it that they are consistent enough to make the playoffs year in and year out. The Giants, to me, are a fringe team, and, and, and they have they didn't
0: prove it to me last night. That's they need me. a quarterback. I don't know who that he's, is, but they need him. one. It's not him. It's not Ryan Jennell.
2: Well, yeah, no, sorry, but the, Gi- the Giants, yeah, it's not Daniel Jones either. Um, I, I, Both teams have question marks at quarterback, and, and, and Daniel Jones, to me, again, like I said, needs to have find that, that next level, needs to improve upon the best season he's had as a starter, which he had last year. He needs to do that again this year, and I don't think he's got that in him.
0: Right well it'll be interesting to see what happens uh the rest of the way let's talk about monday night football uh, dun, 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 dun. what a game like honestly what a game we got going you have you know the new new york jets with aaron Rodgers, yeah. week one monday night football Whew. in new york yeah. against the divisional rivals in the buffalo bills the return of Brees hall uh that partnership in the backfield with dalvin cook you have the bromance with him and uh, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson yeah. and who knows what's going to come out of that can Josh Allen and Diggs figure it out against New York it's 9-11 September 11th and you know I, I talked about this on Friday that's mm. going to be a factor because the emotions are going to be running high for both sides they're going to be honoring the families and victims ahead of the game yeah. um, and I think that all plays into what's going to happen tonight and And the Jets probably taking this one down did you bet the never forget parlay on draft games? I can't believe that's a real <laughs> thing can you tell the people about that I couldn't believe it when you told me actually I can't believe it either.
1: They never like, forget parlay. It's,
2: it's insensitive as as, as all hell. Uh, well, yeah. You you bet the uh, Yankees money line, right? The Mets money line and the Jets money line is like plus six fifty or something like that, and and that's your never forget parlay for to remember nine eleven. Come on, now, what are we doing? And that's like, honestly
0: embarrassing. Doing? It is embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing I mean, for, that. And listen, that will not hit anyway. No, not a chance. Not a chance in hell. The Yankees no. are horrible. So are the Mets. The, the Yankees, by the way, get the, no hit for ten innings and win the game. How's that happen? <laughs> I don't, anyway, I think it can happen to the Yankees. But yeah, please um, don't bet that parlor.
2: Yeah, no. Um, yeah, but back to your back to your question. I, I last week I was I was Bills. I was on the Bills. I was like, uh, you know, I just think they have a bit more experience. There's going to be some kinks with the the Jets offense at first. I looked back and I was like, man, like last year, the Jets and the Bills split the season series. Jets were a good team. It was, the, I think they won twenty to seventeen in Week Nine, yep. and they lost in Week Fourteen, like twenty to twelve or something like that. And that was with Zach Wilson and and Mike White as their quarterbacks, and like they had okay performances to be honest. And I know the the Bills defense was a little banged up at the time, uh, but Vaughn Miller's still going to miss this game. That's huge for the Bills, mm-hmm. not to be able to pressure somebody like Aaron Rodgers. And just that mindset of Aaron Rodgers, that winning mindset, the guy who's been there, the guy who, you know, basically like similar to like a Peyton Manning and a, and a, and a uh, Tom Brady, somebody that basically can call his own plays, seen every defense in, in the world, uh, you know, and you can notice blitzes coming out of different spots. Like, yeah, I, I, I was all, all week last week, I was like, Bills, 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 Bills. Now I'm coming around. J-E-T-S, oh boy, Jets, here we go. Jets, Jets, Jets.
0: Well, there's going to be a little go. bit more added motivation uh, going back to the September 11th thing. Uh, so the Jets head coach, Robert yeah. Sala, he has ties to what went down on September 11th. Oh, okay. His brother, David, mm-hmm. he was training to be a financial advisor for Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. and he was on the 61st floor of the second Jesus. tower when that stuff went down. Luckily, he was able to get away wow. before the building collapsed. At the time, Robert Sala was 22. Uh, Recently out of college, and he hated his job as a bank credit analyst. A few months later, he he decided to leave. But he said this. He goes, sitting in a cubicle doing a job I didn't want to be doing, Mm -hmm. my heart wasn't in it. Um, He goes, is this what I really want out of life? He missed football. Ended up quitting that job and got into football and kind of went around everywhere, as we know. And now is landed with the Jets. So can you only imagine how he'll be feeling in the tunnel that night with everything going on?
2: we we'll, uh i'll be definitely watching hopefully with you later tonight and and and, and <laughs> I mean, we'll just like the amount of tears that'll like it, oh, it's it'll be, be a sad. crazy yeah. scene man and like it like even as like a viewer who has like you know we're canadian like and obviously we were affected but like not the same level to a lot of the people in that no, area no especially we, we can't even fathom that no. but like it'll be emotional for us to watch like it, just to remember that and again a long time ago but it still obviously has an impact on our daily lives, and and, and everybody, and, and change again, the world. Watching watching people during the anthem and during those ceremonies will be tough. The players, the fans, um, but yeah, we're in for a hell of a football game tonight. I think I think it's a it'll be a very good game. I don't know if it can rival that Dolphins Chargers game from yesterday. That was intense and a lot of fun. Uh, I think this is a different kind of football game, like a playoff type, grinding. Atmosphere, you know, defense, a lot of like three and outs. So I think it's going to be a hell of a hell of a game. I'm really. I
0: haven't been to so it. excited for a game in a very long time. I was excited. You know what I was really excited for that Chiefs Lions Thursday nighter. Yeah, game one but is this, always. This is different. This is this is definitely a big game feel. Yeah. Um, I anyway, yeah. So nine eleven. Um, I can't believe that was twenty two years ago now and uh, Robert Sala has ties to that so hopefully uh, for him and the Jets so uh, they get the job done okay let's get to our picks now though so I'm going money line okay. which I mentioned on Friday I'm going to stick to it there's no reason that I should be going it either way yeah I mean what's the spread right now it's at two, two? yeah I would even take the Jets plus two th- considering I think they're going to win minus 110 Bills minus uh, two overs 45 I'm not touching the total because I don't really know what what to expect out of this game if it's going to be a shootout one-sided or just kind of be like the you know the saints titans type of game i don't i yeah. don't see that happening
2: uh yeah no i'll have a couple of bets i think i'll, I'll bet the money line separately like with you uh kiss of death style <laughs> don't don't um, do it I'll, I'll, I'll tell you on that uh i do have a same game parlay as well let me know what you think because again All you right, just here. said that you don't like the total but uh jets money line okay under 44 and a half points so we we revisited last season obviously it's different season different players for the most part you know bringing in aaron Rodgers. Um, but you got, like, you got,
0: sorry, you got the total at forty four and a half. I, it's forty five now. An alt, an ult. Ah, gotcha. Just you. just
2: to, to spice up, get some better odds for okay. me, right? Because again, like, I could see a twenty four twenty. That's good for me, right? Yeah. 20, 24-21, Not as good, but uh, I don't. You know, I, I don't expect both teams to get over twenty points here. So Jets money line under forty four and a half. Okay. Alt alt total. Uh, Josh Allen over six and a half rushing attempts. So he had 10 uh, the first th- time they played last year and 9 the second time they played. They're going to get a lot of pressure on him, I think, so that'll flush him out of the pocket. Uh, and uh, if you want to bet that solo, I like that too, but it's minus 160 is the juice. I don't really like the juice, but I, th- I think I think he hits that comfortably. I think he gets to at least 9. Uh, and that gets you to plus
0: 750. Which I like. I like a good plus seven. That's a good number, right? man. That's it a also good number. depends on how much you're throwing on that bad boy. Well, you know, I want. If you're a unit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, throwing a unit. You uh, know, what's a unit? You know, right? I bet responsibly. You can put a bean on it. No, hundred bananas.
2: I got twenty bucks on it.
0: <laughs> okay, that's still yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, please bet responsibly. By the obviously way, obviously you got to bet responsibly. Yeah. I be. Re- I'm still responsible, but it's still ridiculous um, sometimes too. So
2: then, what I also like too is. Um, I'm looking at some secondary receiving options. You know, I looked at how Diggs does against Sauce, and it wasn't fantastic. No. Um, but I'm actually going to look on the other side of the ball with somebody that Aaron Rodgers is familiar with. I'm going to go Alan Lazard oh. over 36 and a half receiving yards. Doesn't seem like a lot no. for somebody who can stretch the field a little bit uh, and should see, you know, um, seven targets, something like that. I expect I expect them to throw a little bit here, um, and if you add that, it's plus 1,600. I
0: like it. Wow. I do like it. All Listen.
2: Right. Uh, and I, I tried to, you know me. I I, I even looked at adding to it. I'm like, Sean, what are you doing? That's not. You,
0: you can't, That's the problem. You can't get greedy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like when you have a plus money pick. Like if you're betting the Jets' money line, yeah. you don't got to do anything else.
1: You're yeah. getting
0: plus money with the pick. Just bet the Jets' <laughs> money line. You don't got to add this guy and that guy. Um, I don't like, you know, I, I'm horrible with props when it comes to the NFL. But yeah. if there's one guy that I'm huge on, it's it's Garrett Wilson. His receiving what is it, yards prop it's sixty seven and a half. Oh, okay. Receiving yards, minus one twenty five. It's juiced up a bit. Yeah. But that's that's Aaron Rodgers' guy. I know he'll probably he might lean on some of the veterans, so the guys he knows, a like Lazard. <laughs> he might, yeah. right? He might, but I think Garrett Wilson's gonna be his guy. Those two love each other.
2: Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see how they line up. Like if What's uh, his
0: reception at?
2: Six Over and a half. five and a half reception. Five and a half. Oh, okay.
0: Minus one thirty five. I like that too. That's juiced up to the gills, though. Minus one thirty five, yeah. but I like it.
2: Yeah, the props, the the, the prop market, they, they, they uh, really focus on it now. And well, juice it up a they, little bit. Yeah, because everyone's jumping just like on it. They, they, they start doing that with the teaser market now, too. Just because people, they could find finding different ways to find value, right? And uh, the market's got to react. Um, yeah, no, I, I I don't mind either of those. I just, again, I like the, the lower number. Uh, and I think a game that I'm predicting to be a bit lower scoring, you know, I think 40, 41 points, something like that. Under? the number 20 to 17 nice little 37 yeah i don't know i will have a couple more bets as the night goes on but uh that's my same game parlay if you like the plus 750 that's jets money line under forty-four and a half points josh allen over six and a half rushing attempts if you want to get a little crazy and add a little add a, alan lazard to get it to plus 1600 <laughs> that's over 36 and a half receiving yards i like that too but
0: uh yeah really looking forward to the game all right i'm going patriot patriots jets money line as i mentioned yep screw it let's go let's go Garrett Wilson over his receiving yards Garrett Wilson over his five and a half receptions Rodgers and Wilson getting it done today in I New York so. against the Bills and then the reaction on Tuesday will be uh-oh, uh-oh best team in the world but if they lose all oh, the hype for no reason they can't even beat the Bills that's why I love the NFL man it's just the overreactions are incredible yes but they're so like they're in game as I'm watching the game it's quarter by quarter with me yeah it's like this team's great. This team sucks. This guy's horrible. Wow, this guy's actually pretty I, good. I'm
2: friends with a few Patriots fans who were just crumbling when they were down sixteen-nothing to the Eagles yesterday. Well, man. And the, then you said, like you said, you had fans who weren't happy that they won that that Eagles the Eagles won twenty-five-19. Yeah. Or 25-20, Sorry. So you can't. It's tough to win. Yeah. it's tough to win. It is tough
0: to win. Uh, Sean McCormick, thank you very much, buddy. It's been a good time. I'll yeah. be back on. I'll be back on Wednesday uh, with more Homestand sports podcast. You'll be back on the show on Friday. So every yeah. Friday, me Sean McCormick and Justin Pooney will be doing uh, an NFL that week preview. So next week will be Week Two. We'll be talking about the games, giving away our picks, and making fun of Justin. Uh, for one of his picks yeah. That he made on Friday Don't forget to download uh, The podcast Leave a rating It actually really does help Five stars Preferably Right Sean?
2: Well, five stars is the only way to go man. Five star
0: frog splash uh,
2: <laughs> Like our boy Little RVD Little
0: RVD yeah. uh, You can get the podcast Anywhere Spotify Apple Wherever you get your podcast that's where Homestand Sports will be. Also, we're also throwing this up on YouTube if you want to watch the video form of me and Sean here talking in studio at the Homestand Sports studio. You can do that. Don't forget to like that video and as I mentioned, we'll be back on Wednesday with another Homestand Sports podcast. Thanks for watching. I'm Albert Vartanian.